say most people hold the mic. Yeah, you can so hold it if you want to. You just tell me what what is best practice. Well, you know how some people do that thing when they do this kind of like that, and then it doesn't. Oh really yeah. Okay. yeah. As long as you don't do that. What if I do the comedian? The comedian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. It's always like. But you gotta tell jokes. I gotta tell. <coughs> it's gonna be rough. Yeah. I pretty much only know Nick Nates' joke. What's Nick Nates' joke? He has a uh, he has one he read in New Orleans in a bathroom stall that he's been saying in his shows. It's uh, Bono and Edge walk into a bar and the bartender says, Oh no, not you two. That's bad. Hey, Americana Station fans, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm sure you've been uh, watching The Office for the 14th time. You've finished all of New Girl. Uh, you're done with Parks and Rec. Uh, you've watched all the true crime TV shows and podcasts that you can possibly stomach. And uh, now you've turned to your favorite podcast um, while you're uh, in isolation from all of the COVID-19 uh, epidemic that is going on in the world currently. It's affecting us all. It's affecting us here in the music industry in Nashville. Right after we got hit by a tornado um, just last week. So um, I'm going to go into that a little bit in this. Um, normally I like to keep it light and fun. Uh, I don't like to get too serious. But a lot of things have happened in the last two weeks that have really hit the uh, music community in Nashville really hard. First, um, I can uh, attest to the, uh, the complete and utter disaster that happened uh two weeks ago with the tornado um i was about to go to sleep it was about one in the morning and um luckily my phone went off and awoke me and i have a basement we ran down to it i live in east nashville um not very far from where uh, everything happened my roommate uh was actually in the middle of the chaos and somehow the tornado skipped over where he was um at his job in five points um it did hit right down the street from him it killed two people uh in five points and uh it it was it was pretty horrendous and and scary and terrifying it killed um dozens and dozens of people in its path and um decimated um hundreds of homes uh, along the way. Uh, a lot of relief efforts were going on. People were doing some um, amazing uh, concerts to help fund people. Um, the um, people loving Nashville were picking up donations um, and are picking up donations. Um, you should Google them and look them up because they've been helping out the community a lot, trying to get tarps for uh, the houses so that uh, the rain didn't get in, um, trying to get these people clothing and necessities, um, food, and um, just some sort of kind of peace and clarity of mind in these troubling times. And then, of course, as the world knows, whether you're in Nashville or in Italy or in UK or in China, you know uh, exactly what's going on currently with uh, the coronavirus and all of the insanity that ensued with that, um, despite your personal opinion or your um, political views, this is... Um, this is a huge pandemic that's going on and has affected us all. It's affected the musical community at large hugely. Um, the everyone from you know lights and and sound and um, front of house people, uh, tour managers to the biggest artists to the smallest ones like me and uh, all the people that are on this podcast have been affected by it. Um, if you were not uh, economically affected, I strongly suggest that you, uh, go right now to Nathan Evans Fox's page, uh, buy his record, buy it, buy his merch, buy his, uh, buy his t-shirts, buy everything you can from him, from Kellen of Troy, who's coming up on the podcast, from Boo Ray, from, uh, all these people that are in this community who have been affected by all these awful things and now cannot tour, um, if you if you want to go to uh, 
any of these pages. Um, I will make sure to post um, all of the guests that have been on here and some other helpful information uh, on my Facebook page. Um, and uh, we will be posting a lot more stuff in the future. Unfortunately, the first um, weekend of the Whiskey and Wildflower Tours with Veronica Stanton and I um, has been canceled in Louisiana for March 27th through the 29th. So those dates um, have been at least postponed um, and will be rescheduled for a later date at some point, I'm sure. Um, and we're still monitoring the situation and we'll see what happens in April and May because we have a, another month-long tour coming along the East Coast and uh, up in Kentucky and such. So we've all been devastated by this. If you want to help out, buy merch, buy my merch, buy Boo Ray's merch, buy Nathan Evans Fox's merch, and not even the people that are currently on the podcast. A lot of my friends have been affected by this. Um, anyone that you can think of that you've heard of that you know doesn't have a record deal um, but stays out on the road, please hit them up. Give them a meal. Um, buy their merch, listen to their music, um, share their record with other people. Um, Spotify doesn't really pay very much. They're actually supposed to be um, in court right now to fight the increase on um, songwriters. So um, we may get even less than we should well deserve off of uh, some streaming platforms, including Spotify and Amazon. Um, in the midst of all of this chaos. So just do what you can and really let's let's help out this musical community because you may lose your favorite uh, songwriter to um, just debt. Honestly, with all this going on, you may lose your favorite songwriter. They may put down their guitar and not be able to write another song and put another record out because we just can't afford to be in this climate right now um, with you know, only making a couple hundred bucks a show and all those shows getting canceled, we're going to have to look into seriously restructuring our lives so that we can make money, you know, take no longer just having a part-time job when we come back, but actually some, some, some of these songwriters might not be able to afford to tour anymore if uh, this keeps up. So do whatever you can to help out if you have the monetary uh, ability to do so. And um, let's talk about Nathan Evans Fox. Growing up in Glen Alpine, North Carolina, immersed in country, rock, bluegrass, and hymns, Fox synthesizes his musical roots to produce a sound all of his own. He's been writing music, playing fiddle and guitar, and collaborating with other musicians for over 10 years. Fox's lyrics confront the difficulties in his cultural and religious heritage with quiet grief, incisive anger, and unexpected wit. Above all, he is a storyteller whose narrative landscapes are at once familiar and strange. He has written, produced, and performed two full-length albums, Home in 2017 and Texas Dust in 2018. Currently, Fox is premiering songs from his upcoming album, Kindness, set to be released in 2020. Fox recently moved to Nashville with his best friend and wife, Elizabeth, and their dog, Maisie. Here's Nathan Evan Fox. Chris Moyes had one about whales or something where he, when he tunes. I can't remember. <laughs> Have you heard him do that one? No. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I believe it. But, you know, you got to do something. Yeah. You got to kill some time. I just like mumble. I just say random shit. Yeah. Yeah. I usually just self-deprecate. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. then play sad songs and make yeah. people feel bad. Yeah. I like I do a lot of like uh, especially when I, it's just me solo because I can't I don't do high energy solo as well as I do low energy. Yeah, I'm just like, well, all my songs are about grief and trauma, so I hope you have fun and then just like do that 
Yeah. And then I'm setting expectations, but also people are laughing because, yeah. you know, because I'm an idiot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a song where I was like, this is a song about me uh, getting my heart broken and crying in a bar parking lot. And then <laughs> this guy in the crowd was like, uh, it just sounds like Saturday night to me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Now I feel good about myself. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to Americana Station. I've got Nathan Evans Fox with me. He just released a new record. It's called Kindness. Yeah. He uh, brought the house down at Bowery Vault here in Nashville, Tennessee this past weekend. And uh, now he's going to go bring the house down on the rest of the world or make a, literally so. bring bring everyone down. Yes, that's the goal. With the sadness. Career goals. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you self-produced this record. Mm-hmm. Um, played all the instruments except for dobro and bass right yeah i didn't do any bgvs for myself right so yeah so we had people come in and sing had people play bass had people uh well somebody played pedal steel as well um but fiddle mandolin banjo guitar all that stuff drums which was the dumbest decision of my life yeah i did did all that how how long did the project take for you uh it took a minute it took a minute i set out in october of 2018 and i thought i was going to go record it over the course of like a week and i spent two days tracking banjo parts because i just started playing banjo yeah (laughs) and uh and then kind of promptly gave up for a little bit and realized that the scope of the project was going to be much larger because i had to kind of come into some I had to both figure out kind of where I wanted to go. I wanted to lean a little bit outside of folk, but I was a little scared doing it because my last record was aggressively folky, in my opinion. Uh, so I kind of had to like c- come to terms with myself in that way and also kind of come to terms with the fact that um, I had some things I wanted to learn and this was going to be the best way to do it. So yeah. it took about a year and a half or two years to like really mull through a lot of my indecision it was worth it yeah but it was a dark hole was that did you mix and master it as well i mixed it did not master it thank god yeah yeah jeff carroll of bluefield mastering out in raleigh um he did it he did a great job and put up with a lot of my crazy um because by the end of the process i was completely falling apart um and couldn't kind of was so disoriented i couldn't see you know my up from down so um he did a really wonderful job with it though that's awesome. And you're yeah. originally from North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Morganton slash Glen Alpine, North Carolina. Um, it's just like drive through country in the western part of the state. No one stops there. No. It was, uh, it's in the, after the recession for five years, straight 2008 to 2013, it was ranked the number five uh, most depressing place to live in the U.S. I want to know what number one was. I don't know. That's a good question. I was just so proud. I think I just quit reading it. Five. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. It. Yeah. What's funny, because Louisiana was ranked for a couple of years in a row the happiest place to live. And then my parents' hometown was the happiest place in the state. So they literally lived in like the happiest city. But it's wow. a miserable, like I got out on, at 18. I don't understand <laughs> why people are so happy there. I was yeah. so miserable. <laughs> They're just like deluded. Yeah. It's just like a small retirement community. It's yeah. super boring. There's nothing to do. Like one bar in the town kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe only the happy stay yeah maybe that's true i mean i had to get out because i was maybe i'm just depressed no matter where i go (laughs) that's true yeah yeah same exactly (laughs) (laughs) so you uh grew up in north carolina and then Mm -hmm. you moved to texas i moved around a whole lot so um i actually grew up on family land right next to my grandmother so like all my cousins and aunts and uncles had been raised on the same spot that i was raised up um and then moved to new york city um, to actually get a seminary degree, which was worked out really well Yeah, for being a songwriter. Um, and so moved from North Carolina to New York city, which was quite a jump, but I ended up really like, I love New York. It's really incredible. Um, do you know Nick from New York? I don't actually, cause really? I wasn't even, I hadn't even like, I'd always kind of been playing music, but I, yeah. but I was just kind of like, just goofing off yeah. just kind of picking in my bedroom and stuff and writing songs instead of going to therapy and that kind of thing right and uh and then at some point in seminary like i had some friends start a band and i was like man when i get out of here i just want to make music and see 
even if it's just kind of for fun, I want to like make a record. Yeah. Um, so I left seminary and moved to Houston, Texas. Um, and that was when I started up in by Houston. My wife got a job there. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people moved to Houston. Yeah. I don't think it's got like a lot of draw outside of like there's work there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to move to Texas, Houston's the last city I would want to go to. 100%. Yeah. No offense, Houston listeners. No offense, Houston. But if you listen to my records, you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Houston's about three hours outside of Lafayette. So we would go there. And um, I just remember always being like, really disappointed with the uh music uh there just not like the quality of the music but just the live music scene and mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know it just seemed yeah. very it's weird because there's definitely some good venues and there's definitely some talented folks there yeah but also i mean like i went the shows some of the shows i went to some of the crowds were driving me nuts really? like yeah like i saw mandolin orange there and couldn't hear them once and people were making like i'd rather go see you know, Frontierland, Bernstein Bears or whatever, like yeah. <laughs> wild comments. Um, just like stuff like that. It's it's odd. And I think it's also, I, I mean, I think it's part of it's also got to be odd because you have Austin not that far away. Right. But like Houston definitely has its own even musical identity. Yeah. Um, and then like, like Vinny's like the old quarter are now in uh, Galveston. Galveston. So it's yeah. just kind of like a different, it's a different vibe. Um, yeah, you, it's kind of interesting cause then you moved to Atlanta, right? After yeah. that, you moved to the two like hip hop cities yeah, and I did. did folk music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean like I love, I love, love, love Atlanta and there's so much good music in Atlanta, but, um, but like the folk Americana scene there is just not, it's not as healthy as I think it is in a lot of other places. Yeah, uh, I I've always known it to be more like in the indie realm. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you want to do like indie music or hip hop, yeah, like just go to Atlanta. It's the best place. I mean, in general, like if you want to just live a a dope life, move to Atlanta. Yeah. Um. Just don't plan on making. The only thing you shouldn't do is make the music I make and move to Atlanta. Otherwise, <laughs> it's like a perfect city. Right. Yeah. So how long did you live in Atlanta? Lived there for like two years. Two years. Um, so like my wife's from kind of the suburbs. She went to grad school down there. Okay. So, I mean, I I spent so much time in Atlanta before then. Yeah. Um, and and like it's kind of in the south. You kind of go. There's not a lot of major cities in the south in general, especially the southeast. Yeah. So you kind of just end up going to Atlanta anyway. Um, like everybody has a reason to go. So, I was pretty familiar with it, and uh and really love it and still feel like in a way it's kind of like a second a second or a third home it's yeah. somewhere there's like this triangle like nashville's really starting to feel like home but north carolina is definitely where my roots are but atlanta feels very like um atlanta's like what i wish i could be north carolina's uh like my id it's just like all the, the trashy part of me <laughs> and i think nashville might be like a more accurate representation of where i am yeah, yeah. between my aspiration and like just the worst of me that's so interesting uh for me louisiana doesn't have a very strong americana scene uh either there's there's a uh growing one in new orleans which has been great but there's just never been really one in uh lafayette at all and um so i i couldn't obviously couldn't stay there because it wasn't gonna help my career and um I moved here and, and like instantly it was like, there was a group of people that knew exactly what you're doing and, yeah. and like could help like sharpen me to be a better version of that. But yeah. I found that Cincinnati and like the Kentucky, West Virginia area, that general area has been like really, really good to me. See, I got to really get up there. Yeah, I've man. spent just a little bit of time in Kentucky and what I've seen of it, I've loved. Never been, been to Ohio or, or yeah, anything like that. They get it, man. They get it. They All really right. do. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Atlanta, cool. I feel like there's pockets mm-hmm. and I've done well oh, yeah. there. Yeah. But yeah. It's first being such a big city. It seems like there should be more people. Yeah. Invested in that. That, I mean, I think that was my feeling of it too. It's, it's one of the largest cities in the U S and the scene is just, I think part of it is there's kind of a drain to Nashville cause it's so close Yeah, that I think a lot of people, if they can, they just head on up there. Yeah. Um, well so that kind of makes it a little bit harder. Knoxville and 
Chattanooga and all that too. Yeah, you know? like there are some great players out there, but they yeah. all end up in Nashville as well. Oh, totally. And those are great cities. I mean, I I love Chattanooga. I think with Kentucky and West Virginia in that area is like they have more to prove because they're like we have good music. We're not yeah. going to Nashville, so it's kind of yeah. like the anti-Nashville kind of like. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, well, you're seeing that with like a lot of the folks that are making it big out of there now. Yeah, but in, I mean, in Atlanta, it was cool to to not be the. It was cool to be the not coolest thing in town. Yeah. Like to be doing the thing that was kind of, you had to prove yourself a little bit. And I think it, I mean, it, part of that really sucked and was demoralizing. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, um, it also pushed my writing a lot and, and made me ask real questions about, because to me, like, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I'm making art in some kind of weird way. Like I just want to make stuff that I enjoy that does work for me. And that like other folks can connect to. Yeah. Um, and that being said, like, I think I still lean artsy on a lot of things, but like all my songs aren't about just like taking shots at the bar, but, but like it did push me to, to think about like what people were enjoying and what I was willing to really like stake a reputation on or like, yeah. Where, like what those lines of like, you would have fun at this show or, or you wouldn't. Right. Um, which was like really, really, really helpful. Probably wouldn't want to do that forever, but it was it was it was a really helpful season. Yeah, yeah. You only have one. I think you only have one whiskey reference on the new record, right? That's yeah. That's big for me. Yeah, that's. that's big. I was gonna say like you're doing good. I gotta have at least three or four. Yeah. Know? Well, I have a whole song about moonshine, but it's more production of moonshine. You know, it's yeah. It's about the work of it. People hear moonshine songs, and they think it's about getting drunk, and really, I think it's about just like it's about that's work. Some hard work. Yeah. And not getting caught. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's more political than it is just like <laughs> anything else. It's a, it's a political, yeah, yeah, anthem, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, you said that you definitely love pop country and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is one of the first on my podcast that, <laughs> that has openly admitted that uh, you're into the pop country and stuff like that. But I definitely feel like there. I think it was the Moonshine song that you're talking about that has kind of like a a real like almost borderline modern country sound to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had written that cause I mean, I was playing in Georgia. So it was between like Atlanta and Augusta and Athens and, and different places in the South. And like where there's not a songwriter scene, you got to sell drinks, even if you're going to play originals. Yeah. And so I had to have something kind of up tempo that what that, that was on that line. I really do love pop country, but I'm, I'm not a fan of like totally selling my soul. Right. I'm a fan of having fun, yeah, um, and feeling good, but not like having like wild sexist stuff in my songs and all that. Um, right, but like, so like I wrote that song because it was, to me, it's like a coded song about like labor and criminality and also kind of like family traditions and stuff. Yeah, um, but but it's also about moonshine. And it's just kind of, it's got that like edge um, that like I could also produce it in a way that could be really rootsy and gritty or really yeah. just like, yeah, this is, this is country music. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's my thought on it is like, you definitely produced it in a, a more rootsy way, but I could totally hear like the overproduction with the slick guitars and the, yeah you know, like <laughs> yeah one of those guys, uh, Luke Combs or something. Hit me up, Luke. Yeah. Hey, he's from North Carolina. Shout out Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like my North Carolina dudes. I like Luke's music. And then Eric Church is like, he's per I listen to like weird post-hardcore stuff. Um, <laughs> and then I listen to like Eric Church. Like, um, I just, I love his music. But his music sounds so much like North Carolina to me. It's yeah. not just like country. It's, it's like all of the kind of influences I grew up around. I get that, yeah. I, I think him and then, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, Dirk Bentley both have like a... yeah more authentic yeah modern country sound than a lot of the and luke combs yeah and a lot of the guys but yeah uh, yeah it's it's hard to turn on the radio and and hear anything good so it's nice to hear some of those guys that where there's actually acoustic guitars and yeah deeper lyrics although i got me. nothing against an 808 in a country song i think it's kind of fun well we'll agree to disagree on that <laughs> yeah, <one. laughs> i think that's fair yeah i guess that's modern country though everything progresses so yeah you can't be mad about it but that's kind of the americana and yeah all that movement is going against that and going back to the traditional yeah. i mean my thing on this is like i don't know if we want to go off the deep end on this or not but my it. thing is that all this stuff we call traditional music 
the vast majority of it has always been pop. Like bluegrass is a relatively new invention. Yeah. And it was really like synchronizing jazz, blues, and old time music. Yeah. And I mean, the people that invented it, like that first generation, they just died. Some of them are still here even. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's really not this kind of ancient music. You listen to like old country records and they were mimicking a lot of like popular forms and it's always kind of traced yeah. pop music. So like, to me, it's like, I don't, I don't feel like we need to revert back. Like, I still want to have the stuff that I love about that old music in there. Like, I want to have cool guitar licks and stuff. Yeah. And I want to have a little bit of twang. But, like, I don't... I Like, I don't feel like... Like, what are what am I defending in country music? Like, it's always kind of been a contemporary... Like, it's been a part of its contemporaries. Um, but that doesn't mean that, like, I don't want people still loving like the old Patsy Cline stuff, you know? Right. Well, I think the new country has just gotten urbanized, so it doesn't really reflect the, um, the more rural yeah, music that used to be that a lot of these people were singing about. And I think that that's why people like Tyler Childers yeah. are really resonating because he lives in the middle of nowhere yeah. in West Virginia and yeah. sings about it. So yeah. it's like, oh, cool. Something that's real and feels real. It's yeah. not like you know some guy who lives in nashville in a you know tall skinny writing about being in the country when he's never been in the country totally i think i and i like i like yes and because for me like i love tyler childers and what he's doing i love that that vein and then there's also this level of people that like of discourse where i hear a lot of people saying like that in a way that excludes everything else yeah. And to me, like oh, I yeah, grew yeah. up, I grew up in the country, and it was as much like like c- the country now is as much like Mountain Dew and SoundCloud rap as it is, <laughs> you know. Like so, like there's a there's a part of like that's fair. I just like I mean to be honest, sometimes I worry uh, that folks want to make country music white again. Like uh-huh. there's this kind of weird like conservatism. Yeah. Um, that isn't just like aesthetic. Like I'm totally here if you're just like man, I want some like old school pedal steel and stuff on it. Like yeah, hell yeah, let's do that. Um, but then sometimes I just get a little worried that like, there's this, like, I like, like, what are we, like, who are we telling ourselves we are when we also want to like pretend that our lives have never been like rural folks don't work in factories, aren't wish machines. We're not most of us farmers anymore. We consume, you know, plastic goods. It's not all like overalls and like compostable materials. So I, I, you know, that's like, that's the complexity that like, I don't have sorted out. But yeah. I'm trying to like. Well, that's thematically. I think for me, it's more like uh, I just really love the rootsy acoustic music. So putting an 808 in, yeah, that for me doesn't make sense. But then there's you know, um, who's the guy that used to play for Allison Krauss? He did that album with all the like electronic. Uh, oh. God, what's his name? I can't think of it right now, but I'm gonna remember it later. Yeah. Uh, but he I'm did. I'm blanking too. You know who I'm talking about though? Yeah. Yeah. And he did a bunch of, like, he did a whole album of, uh, like, electronic bluegrass stuff, which yeah. is, it sounds great. Yeah. But it's just weird. Yeah. And I would never want to do that. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's also unfamiliar. And part of, I think, like, music has to have a little bit of comfort food in it, I think, for yeah. most people. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's this whole thing I'm trying to, like, swim in and figure out, like, where where the cultural lines are where the like aesthetic lines are and what the kind of broader discourse is. Cause I love all that old time stuff. Yeah. But also man, like, you know, every once in a while I'll cut on like a, like yeah, a you Luke and your Bryan band song. did, did really well with the old time with the, you know, yeah. You had the claw hammer banjo. Oh, I got some pictures up there. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those, most of those guys are like, you know, they're going to like Swannanoa gathering and stuff. And yeah, most of those players that I had with me, I, I met because I originally thought I was going to be a new grass band. So I was oh, looking okay. for, yeah, I was looking for some same pickers. actually. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. My first record was like very, like I, I wanted to be new grass, but I just wasn't cause I wasn't raised in yeah, that. Right. But, yeah. Exactly. But I, it, yeah. At some point, bluegrass is like, I love it, but it's like, I'm not going to do it better than what's already being than, done. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're killing it. You got mandolin orange. You don't need me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And like some people get real mad if you call them bluegrass. You know, it's like, it's this whole thing, this whole world. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to leave it to those that can do it well. Yeah. I, I've met some uh, old guys from like South Carolina where you, you even mentioned Punch Brothers and they get real angry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's it's really like the the layers 
of a of of the bluegrass world it's a very deep rabbit hole yeah it's a it's an onion with like infinite layers yeah it's that way in the cajun world too um where you know there's like the traditionalists and then there's the people that are like you know all the new stuff that's coming out it's it's very like you know the people that keep it it has to only like if it's a traditional cajun it only has fiddle there's no accordion or like then there's really yeah wow because uh, like tr- I think traditionally it was uh, accordion wasn't brought in until I don't know I I don't know all the actual facts but like fr- it was Germans that came mm-hmm. and brought it in at a certain time so like a lot of people okay it's like triangle fiddle and guitars like I think traditional interesting old school Cajun music and that's fascinating but then some people play with accordion and <clears throat> is, is accordion considered like zydeco like I don't know how this stuff breaks down um the way that most Louisianans would explain it is uh, Zydeco is more um, uh, African-American influenced. It's mm-hmm. going to have uh, more dancey beats. It's going to have okay. like a little bit more R&B or blues okay. feel to it. Like you you can really like feel the groove to it. Yeah. And uh, Cajun music's usually typically white people. Yeah. With less rhythm. It's a little bit more staccato or whatever. Like, okay. And uh, yeah. That's that's typically how people explain it. That's not a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, but yeah, that's fascinating. I only got like a taste of it living in Houston, just yeah. because of the kind like the way that folks have kind of migrated between like Louisiana and and East Texas and like the just along the Gulf. Yeah, but I'm I have like no. It's just so growing up Western North Carolina, not a lot of like, not a lot no. of uh, not a lot of like Cajun or Zydeco or anything like that. Yeah, happening. yeah. And then someone listening, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's just what I've been explained. Yeah. Kind of, uh, hold on one second. So, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your songwriting. Um, how, how does that process work for you? I, I like to kind of dig into this because I feel like everyone does it differently, but yeah. is that something you do on a daily basis or just when the mood strikes? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the best way to like, expose your your innards to the world is to bang your head against a wall every day <laughs> until something comes out so um yeah yeah like i i show up every day to my guitar with words um and i'm usually very frustrated with what comes out um but every once in a while i kind of stumble onto something i think i think it really the songs that i like most that have come out i think the best uh i mean sometimes it's really just like I just, I need a song in my set that does this and it's just got to be dumb and I have an idea for it and I just work it out. But a lot of times, to be honest, if I'm, if I'm angry about something or I'm just really troubled, Mm -hmm. if I just kind of sit with that, that feeling for a while, like things that I, I, I'm feeling, but I haven't put words to yet. Um, the economy of like music and rhyme and all that is normally what's most generative for me. Yeah. You're trying to like place everything perfectly, but. Mm-hmm. also express this idea oh yeah oh it's, it's so true and in like for me there's a there's like a whole category of song where like i just want to i want to do everything but name the name like I've, I've had bad bosses that i just like reference a lot in songs and things yeah and i don't say their name but it's like there's this kind of like i want to keep some kind of like edge in it like yeah. like i want to i want to know who it is that i'm dissing or like I want to know what it is that I'm grieving or, or whatever it is, um, in like a very particular way, which I think sometimes puts people out of the song, yeah. but I don't care. No, I think, I think people still can, can draw back into that, but that's interesting because sometimes I'll be feeling something about this thing way over here on this side and then write something really good about something that is unrelated mm-hmm. because I just am in that zone like mm. where it's too close to home and maybe yeah. not figured out yet. yeah like i haven't figured out why i'm so upset or whatever yeah so like you put it on something else and it like really it it makes it a stronger song because i'm already in that emotion yeah so that's that's like one that. tactic that i've used a lot is just like especially if i'm like not complete it like it just hasn't res- the issue hasn't resolved whatever i'm like mad about if it's my boss and i'm pissed about my boss then i might be pissed about you know something else over here yeah i think i think i just end up iterating like five songs on the same thing yeah (laughs) that's like like basically like if you if you listen closely to my records i don't i don't normally change topics much it's about it's like five things and i'm just like i'm just gonna keep complaining about it i don't know yeah well i remember 
your I guess it was your previous record. There's a lot of songs about Texas. Yeah. And then this new one, there's a lot about Georgia. Yeah. 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 Moot place is big for me too. Yeah. Just being like growing up on family land in a place that is very beautiful, but it's kind of culturally weird. Yeah. Um, like places just become a big thing for me. And it's, I think it's how I tend to relate to the world anyway. So the next record is going to be a Nashville record. Oh, I've already started writing Tennessee songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) It's a, Texas is an easy song to, is an easy word to sing. Georgia's not, Carolina's not, Tennessee is. Yeah. You can rhyme everything with Tennessee. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And it has Mm -hmm. such like a, there's such a rich history of people singing Tennessee. Yeah. It's just like, it might even be too overdone. You know, what's funny is that like, if you ask me about New Orleans, I'm going to say New Orleans, Mm -hmm. but if I sing it, I'm going to say New Orleans just because it rhymes so much better. And I feel like. Everyone does that. Even yeah. people in New Orleans. Yeah. They'll say New Orleans. No one says New Orleans. My, no one. Um, my friend Rachel Laven down in, or she's like from San Antonio. Um, she always listens when people try to rhyme or talk about San Antonio. Yeah. Because she's like, if they really mean it, it's San Antonio and not San Antone. Because it's like, you really want to say San Antonio because nothing really rhymes with it. Yeah. Um, so it's like a cool thing to listen for now. I still say San Antone. I can't. Yeah, I, I, you know, San Antonio is one of my favorite cities, but well, I don't just, love it enough to try to like force some weird Eminem level slant rhymes. Right. Yeah. There's just one too many syllables. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> Have Do you ever do that where you force uh, an extra, some extra syllables because you just like the way you said the phrase? All the time. Yeah. That's, I think that's my problem. That is my problem my, too. My yeah. problem is I'm too wordy. So I've started doing this thing where we were just rehearsing with the band for this album release show and and a number of people that play with me, I think my phrasing's totally normal. Yeah. Like musically. Um, and it kind of throws them off because every once in a while I'll just add like an extra bar, extra half a bar. I don't care. Yeah. It's like, I'm not done saying this sentence. So yeah. if it ends up being a little offbeat, ends up being a little offbeat. We're just going to get to what I wanted to say. Yeah. That happened on my new record uh, with this song, uh, Bound for Glory. And there's uh, one extra uh beat at the kind of turnaround mm-hmm. so it's it's like all four four and then there's a five four bar in there so and weird. then we're recording they're like did you mean to do that and i was like yeah yeah but i didn't think this, about it this doesn't feel natural to you yeah <laughs> it's totally organic right yeah <laughs> makes so much sense so then we had to go and retrack it again because there's like one extra bar at every turnaround <laughs> that's incredible yeah i love that um so you play fiddle banjo guitar what yeah. else piano yeah i hold down keys a little bit my mom's a piano player so i grew up watching her do that do you I'm, write on piano or do you just yeah, transpose to the old the the long-term goal is that when i'm when i'm not making cool music i mean i'm not making cool music i'm making folk yeah you are man you're making cool but music. you know when i'm yeah. not done making air quotes cool music uh and i'm just like i'm just too old uh i'm going to just transition straight into writing like randy newman level songs because i really love writing on piano and it's a whole different it's a whole different vibe because you can just like really color things um in a way that i don't think you can with guitar and yeah other things um just because you're using one hand yeah you know that's true yeah you can do a lot more of those bass notes and stuff like that and yeah being solo on piano is a lot more filling most times yeah yeah it is i'm trying to incorporate some of that into my set yeah. without hopping around instruments too much yeah I yeah i used to be in a duo that uh well it turned into a full band but where i was playing banjo mandolin yeah. guitar uh acoustic guitar electric guitar and like yeah it just sucks bringing just all that much. stuff setting all that stuff up oh my god yeah. it's the worst and at some point it's it's like legitimately distracting for everyone right like it's it's cool when you do it once or twice but yeah. then i mean i watched somebody play a show and it was a great show but i think he he had written songs on six different instruments and he went back and forth like the in the last half of the set was like dobro and then it was piano and then it was like resonator and then it was you know some weird ukulele yeah and uh and they were all wonderful songs but i couldn't concentrate because i never felt like i got in kind of a mood yeah so i'm trying to find that balance yeah you know you remember back in like 
I guess it was 2010s whenever like every folk band would switch instruments every song. Oh, would they do that? I, maybe it was just like on the Gulf Coast it was a thing or something like that. But it was it would be so annoying because like you everyone switched instruments and they weren't always good at the instrument they switched to. Right. And, it, and <laughs> so like half the set was just these bands switching instruments. I don't just know like if that was just a Gulf Coast thing or. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I was following music in the folk scene well enough in 2010. I was still on like a weird wolf parade kick. Yeah. <laughs> so that was around when like the magnetic zeros okay. and all in Mumford and Sons started getting popular yeah. and then everyone just decided to switch instruments all the time. Oh man. Yeah. Everybody all of a sudden started sounding like Mumford. Uh, you went like a freak folk route or you went like that Mumford route that like almost like going to church with the banjo. Route. Yeah. That was when I tell people that, some people don't get it. I'm like, dude, they sound like a church band that just oh, decided to play banjo. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up like that was what I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's all of that. I was like, this is very recognizable. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then anywhere you went after that, if you played banjo, people were like, oh, you like Mumford and Sons? You like Mumford and Sons? Oh, yeah. God, no. Yeah. So I stopped playing. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, tr- I mostly stick with Clawhammer. There's also Clawhammer. I love old time music. I think it's just there's something like really raw in the sound of it and just so like aggressively humanistic about it. Yeah. Um, and there's something about Clawhammer in particular that I think's just, it's just so beautiful and it's so, there's like this vulnerability to it. Yeah. Um, that like your three finger roll just can't get. Right. I don't know. I get weird and emotional every time I hear Clawhammer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can definitely well because it's it's percussive and it's like it's pretty sustaining on its own mm-hmm. and it's melodic. Yeah, and you only have five strings. Yeah, That's impressive. Yeah, and it's like all the notes just die off right there. You know, there's kind of this like I say the banjo is an atheist's instrument because <laughs> like you don't you don't feel like you see all of eternity. You just feel like well this note dies in a second and uh, yeah. and I just got to enjoy that. But yeah love banjo it's it's a great instrument i'm not good at it but oh me neither yeah me neither but i still play it <laughs> <laughs> but i still play it yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun um yeah i definitely don't do any of the bluegrass stuff people always assume when you pull out a banjo that you know how to play bluegrass yeah which is terrifying we ain't all we ain't all flat and scrugs right yeah, yeah. bless your hearts yeah <laughs> i mean i'm always a little flat on it but i'm definitely not Hey, hey, I like that. You can use that one. <laughs> more dad jokes. More please. dad jokes. More nace jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh tour what do what do you got going coming up in twenty twenty? Uh this will yeah. probably be out in March. So Yeah. You got any March um April dates? I got an album release show in in my kind of like my holy trinity of cities. So we just did Nashville, going yeah. to Atlanta on the nineteenth and going to Asheville on the thirteenth of march nice and then kind of doing some weekend runs around the south like yeah. clemson and greenville and spots like that going down to panama city shout out panama city florida it's nice it's low-key a really great music to the gulf really i mean you know like the gulf has some good stuff going on yeah it does yeah um i never never would have thought it but man it's impressive um i have to look into panama city now yeah yeah just hop right over from mobile to panama city yeah you know? Mobile's great too, yeah. We yeah. talked about that last time. Yeah. yeah. Love shout out Mobile. Shout out Mobile. Um, they love music. Oh, they really do. They make killer music down there. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I I don't know. I'm trying to I think going up going up north, hitting up like New York, uh Boston, Vermont, all that. Um I'm just trying to kind of piece it together right now. Uh I toured pretty hard last year, put out this record, and so trying to catch my breath for a little bit. Um, and also be in a new city and and not not be gone too much um but i've also already started working on some new some new stuff that is um really leaning into my love for both emo music and pop country (laughs) (laughs) just just gonna be like putting a little little test test balloon up in there some farm emo yeah farm ooh farm emo you can use that one yeah that's that's gonna be a hat for sure yeah I was at work one day and uh, this 19 year old kid I put on something. It was like John Moreland or something like that. And he's like, you really love that farm emo. And I was like, I'm using that. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to that 19 year old. Shout kid. out to the 19 year old. He knows. 
I mean, that's old time music though. You know, it was just yeah. like farm emo. It's like, man, everybody, everybody dies in these hollers. Let's just make some sad, sad songs yeah. about it. Yeah. You just make, you either you drink about it or you make sad songs about it. Or you usually do both, I think. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. I like to multitask like that. <laughs> uh, what uh what's your favorite song in the new record do you have a favorite well you know i know they're all your babies oh no they're all <laughs> they're all like my prodigal children if they're my children at all um you're illegitimate yeah i'm bastards those bastards um <laughs> what have i got up uh i i kind of think well i think the one most people the one i enjoy playing most because i think people connect to it especially in north carolina cigarettes and moon pies yeah um the one that i i feel like i kind of came into my own on though is is i want you um like production wise i'm i'm pretty happy with some of the things i did there that's a great one yeah that was your first single right it was like my second or third oh the, the very first one was like very banjo forward it was like banjo pop yeah americana yeah so like mufford and sons type stuff <sighs> <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah yeah i think those are my my two favorite right now uh would you play one of them for us yeah i'd love to awesome let's make it happen all right this one is a uh, cigarettes and moon pies give me whiskey in the morning give me coffee in the evening Give me snapbacks and cracky jacks and other things that I believe in. And you can crack this jack and snap back at the things you swear I lack. I will love you more, babe, every day. Give me cigarettes in the afternoon, read me Faulkner when I get real blue. And the moon's as big as moon pass, rising high in that marble light sky. And I will bring you peaches. They were picked out in Georgia R.C. Colas I picked up all 64 Well I ain't good at much Nothing I hope Getting good at loving I hope Getting good at letting you love me And I tell you about them good old days When Richard Petty ran a raceway And he was king and I was prince only problem, I wasn't born back then And you would just smoke rising high Your parents didn't know But I knew that I was meant to love you, babe Oh, and I will bring you Emmylou And Doc Watson, we'll see who plays who And you can drag your needle across my heart And cross, stitch upon my skin When I get cross and I don't give in Babe, I need your name upon my heart Well, I ain't good at much or nothing I hope getting good at loving I hope getting good at letting you love me I ain't good at much or nothing I hope getting good at loving I hope getting good at letting you love me So stay into these sheets with me Be the place that we should be I'll be the briars in the berry patch And I'll pull them old blue jeans back And I will be your huckleberry Or whatever country song you care We'll both learn something about being free Oh, the sun has dropped itself on me It's sweeter than the sweetest thing And I see your face on every sign up 181 And the musky dines all have your smile So I keep them in my mouth most times Go out looking for that wholesome seed Cause I ain't good at much or nothing I hope getting good at loving I hope getting good at letting you love me I ain't good at much or nothing I hope I'm getting good at loving I hope 
getting good at letting you love me. All right, thanks so much, Nathan, for stopping by. Um, I know that he had to postpone his uh, album release in Georgia this week because of uh, the COVID-19 and everything going on. Um, so make sure you pick up a copy of his new record. Um, it's great if you stream it on Spotify. It really is. It helps. Um, but, you know... Nothing helps more than just buying the actual record, the physical record. So do that. Buy one of his shirts. Buy uh, whatever else he's got going on on his website, um, NathanEvansFox.com, I believe. Um, it's the, Just do it out of kindness. You know, that's the name of the record. And um, he's a very kind person. So uh, just return the favor and uh, help him out monetarily as uh, these tough times are happening. Um, you can visit my website, WillPayneHarrison.com. The uh, podcast is on there. If you do willpainharrison.com, there's a podcast tab. Tour dates are still up. Uh, As of now, we haven't touched April. We are watching uh, carefully to see what's going to happen with all that. Um, As I said in the beginning, unfortunately, I will not be getting home to my Louisiana friends um, this month. Uh, We had to postpone some of those dates for a later time, as many people are having to do right now. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll have Kellen of Troy on the podcast. I'm really excited to have him. He was um, an incredible guest. He was actually here today at um, the Americana Station podcast headquarters, a.k.a. my house. And um, we had a good time. He played a couple of tunes for me. Um, we'll be putting those up online to promote the episode. And um, we've got some more exciting people. Um, Amanda Broadway band. Um, Amanda Broadway is going to be stopping by soon. And, um, yeah, we're going to just keep on trucking because you know what? Even in quarantine, you can still talk, right? So, uh, and you can still listen. So make sure you click that follow button on, uh, whatever you're listening to this on right now, probably Spotify or Apple music, I imagine. Um, so yeah, do that and we will see you next time. Thank you.